This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Well, listen, we have been approached about making Twins 2, if you'll remember the Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, vehicle back in the late 80s. They approached us about that. Understandable. I get it. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Ian Fitzsimmons, in for Canty today at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Listen, you could do that. I was calling San Diego State St. Mary's two, three times in the start of the show. I mean, listen, I'm I'm out and flying right now. Hey, it's a Monday. And, this is and, now. And no, it is, well, the, the biggest part is I think you and I are both a little irritated as to why so many people came at Angel Reese after, again, I can't emphasize this enough. When you're, if you're going to talk noise at the end of a game, you better be chirping at halftime. You better be chirping at the beginning. And she is. That's her personality. And it's, it's, it's bigger than the game. She, she's a remarkable, remarkable, unique person. And I can promise you this. Being a proud son of the boot of Louisiana, there are some big money boosters that are going to come at her and with some serious NIL cash because mm-hmm. they love the fact that she talked it and backed it up. It's fantastic. And listen, for Louisiana, for LSU, uh, they they became the story when they were not the story at all going into the Final Four. I mean, the, the story going into the Final Four was all about South Carolina being undefeated and Aaliyah Boston, and then obviously Caitlin Clark, and that came on Friday night. And I, I don't... I don't know how you can knock anybody in all of this. Caitlin Clark has been an amazing, amazing figure in college basketball this year. Jay Will said it last week. It's 100% true. She has been the figure in college basketball this season because there hasn't been a great figure on the men's side that even comes close to what she has done. And then on the flip side, you take what they were able to do to her yesterday, understanding that, like, even at one point leading into the game, and like, they didn't like the fact that in the South Carolina game, she was kind of waving off a couple of the South Carolina players who were on the outside as if, no, we're not going to guard her out there. She's fine. And they took that personally, and were, that's why I think you saw the barrage of threes uh, in that first half that we saw that they were able to really take advantage of. Yeah, and then speaking of threes, just watching her yesterday for the first time in person, man, she reminded me, you know, and I'll sit next to a Virginia Tech legend and Dick Price, and he said the most amazing thing, and we both brought up Steph Curry at the same time, almost in the same breath, that she comes off a screen going against her body, right? She's a right-handed shooter. She's going to her left, and she stops on a dime, and everything is in line. I mean, it's perfect. It's majestic. I mean, her jump. She had thirty points, man. Thirty in yep. a loss. I, I, and, what, what and I thought Reese was, was just better. Wait, and you can tell me if I'm wrong because you were there. But what I thought was amazing is early in the game, my wife and I are sitting here watching, and uh, she hits one of her first threes, and immediately uh, Kim Mulkey calls timeout, and it seemed as if she was angry with her player because they were supposed to pick her up the second she crosses half court. And they gave her just the little bit, the smallest bit to work with, and then all of a sudden she's able to just bomb away from anywhere. Wide open, going to her left, going to her right, it doesn't matter. She needs about, and I've got my fingers about half an inch apart, 
She needs about that much space yeah. to create a, a shot and hit it. And Caitlin Clark was awesome yesterday. The problem is LSU as a team led by Angel Reese and that big bold attitude. They were they weren't just that much better. They were clearly the better team. And was it officiated well? No, on both sides, both ways. It was it that that part was frustrating to watch a little bit, especially the technical on Caitlin Clark where they uh. cut it to seven. But bottom line is, man, Angel Reese. And the Bengal Tigers of LSU, led by one of the best coaches in basketball, and Kim Mulkey, they were that much more dominant, and they let you know about it from start to finish. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Rodney is in Iowa next on ESPN Radio. Rodney, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? We're great. How are you? Uh, I want to be the first to say what... Again, I mean, yeah, we would have liked a better outcome. As far as the trash talking, I mean, doing. I think what everybody's upset about is the simple fact that trash talking during the play of the game is one thing, but instead of shaking hands and showing the good sportsmanship at the end of the game, I think the taunting at the end of the game is what got everybody upset. Um, I'm not saying Tony shouldn't happen. Uh, yeah, you're excited when you knock down a three. You're excited when your team's doing great. But uh, I think that's what got everybody upset. The one thing I could not understand, and I don't know if it's an SEC thing, is there any reason why uh, I think South Carolina didn't either uh, come out for the national anthem to respect their their flag in their country. I didn't catch that. I did I, not catch no, that part I, of it. I missed it. Yeah, I, I did not catch that part of it, Rodney. Adam, apologies to not have a better response to that, but listen, the trash talk afterward, at some point they did shake hands. And, you know, it was funny. I was thinking about Caitlin Clark in this. As she is going off the court and shaking hands in the line, you see her listening to Kim Mulkey, who's telling her she's a generational player. And she just looked pissed. Not because Kim Mulkey's telling her that, but because they lost. She strikes me in that competitor level along the lines of Brady and Jordan, where if they lose, they are horrible losers. And I, and I don't mean like they're going to be nasty about it on the court. They just don't want to deal with you. They want to get through the line. That's great, Coach. Appreciate it. Thanks. i got to get out of here so I can go be pissed off. It, you know, it like, it's funny. You have those players we know uh, on all levels who have the edges. We see guys after tough losses who will cry, and we see guys after tough losses or players after tough losses who will just be flat-out angry. And that's what it felt like yesterday from Caitlin Clark. Yeah, and, and remember, after they beat South Carolina, the unbeatable Gamecocks, who was talking more trash than anybody else on the floor? Yeah. Caitlin Clark. Yeah. And I, can't, I cannot emphasize this enough. Caitlin Clark was asked about Angel Reese following her around, doing the you can't see me, pointing to her ring finger, and Caitlin Clark did not have a problem with it. Because Caitlin Clark knows, you know what? She talks too, and she backs it up. And if she doesn't have a problem with it, I do not understand why anybody else does. Because a larger-than-life personality 
backed up everything that she was talking about. And you brought this up earlier, Carlin, and I think it's a great point. You know damn good and well LSU was sick and tired of hearing about how great Caitlin Clark is. Oh, no question. No question. How many times do you think that Kim Mulkey absolutely barraged them with that in the 48 hours leading up to that game? How many times? Stefan in in Colorado up next. Stefan, you're on ESPN Radio. Stefan? All right, we'll try Mo in Nebraska next on ESPN Radio. Mo, what's going on? Uh, just first time caller, and uh, I watched that game Sunday, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm a guy of that certain age, that old age, <laughs> and I don't have a whole lot of problem. I didn't see a whole lot wrong with it, and being a member of the Big Ten for the last two years, Clark's come in and eviscerated Nebraska two times a year, and. Believe me, she is not very good to put up with. <laughs> so um, I guess my best uh, advice to anybody, I don't care what sport, male, female, black, white, if you're going to dish it out, you better damn well be ready to take it. So Love it. that's all I had to say. Perfectly put, Mo. Perfectly put. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. That's decided not to call a timeout at the end. Um, it was about seven seconds left when we got the ball. Six seconds to go. Five seconds. Butler to the right wing. Once I looked up, it was two seconds left, so I know I had to make a shot. Butler in the corner with one second. Hoist the jumper. I always say uh, marches for players, not for coaches. So Lamont made a play and made an old coach look good. I got to a shot that I'm comfortable with. One dribble pull up, and I'm just glad I went in. Sound courtesy of Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. And San Diego State plays for a national championship tonight against UConn. They are seven and a half point underdogs. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented. By Progressive Insurance, Chris Carlin, Ian Fitzsimmons, and we are joined right now by the son of the man who has the all-time record for assists at San Diego State, and that is Tony Gwynn Jr., who joins us right now. We appreciate your time, Tony. How you doing? I'm well, gentlemen. How about you guys? We're doing great. And just first of all, you know, as a San Diego State alum yourself, how much have you gotten to enjoy this run by this team to a championship game? Uh, I've gotten to enjoy a lot of it. I, I really wish I could be in Houston tonight, but pods are playing the Diamondbacks, so I, I got a job to do here. But my attention will be divided, probably 50-50 today. I told my partner, Jesse Agler, uh, he, he, might have it, he might have this game by himself tonight. I, I can understand why. Hey, go back to when you guys took down the number one overall seed in Big Bad Bama. At that point, after the game, the way they beat Alabama, what were you thinking as an alum after watching it? I, I was thinking that we had a chance to get to this point. I really did. I, I thought going into that Alabama game, um, the, the the experience of facing Arizona early, Arkansas early, you knew that physical, physically they'd be able to handle it. And 
having played against those teams early in the season and really matched up pretty decently, you just felt like there was an opportunity. You, you got a bunch of grown men on this Aztec team and, and a relatively young squad in, in that Alabama team. So uh, after they, they won that game, to me, that was kind of the turning point, I think, for, where most uh, of the alum felt like there's a chance that we could win a national championship. Now, were you guys on the air the other day with the game-winning shot? Like, what exactly were you doing when that happened? We were about five minutes from coming on the air to do uh, for me to do the do the lineup. So, you know, those time those three timeouts they called in that last minute was killing me. It was I was just so sure I was going to get on the air and something was going to happen, and I wasn't going to be able to give the lineups out. But fortunately, uh, my Butler came down, checked that clock, hit the shot, and I I lost it. I lost it. I had to kind of. Find a way in that last two minutes there to calm myself down, so I had enough breath to do to do both lineups. Hey Tony, I was at the uh, sports book at Caesars coming off an XFL game between San Antonio and Las Vegas, and I can't tell you what that scene. I can't describe it. What that scene was like after Butler hits that shot, but uh, there was a common theme. A lot of us in the book thought that he lost track of time and looked up at one point five to go and went, "Oh bleep, I got to shoot this thing." Did you think he lost track I- of time? I think he did. I think he got to that corner, and whatever was supposed to happen did. Yep. And give him give him credit because he had the presence of mind to look down at the other end of the court to see what time it was. And, you know, honestly, from the moment he actually realized it and stepped into that shot, I mean, the confidence in which he took it, you just felt good about it coming out of the hand. And if you watch the guys on the bench, a couple of them, or about two steps into a sprint as it left his hand. They they seemed to know it was going in. And I tell you what, this whole Petco Park was was about I don't know three quarters of the way full with the with the big screen on, and everybody lost it. It was it wasn't just me. That That's day. awesome. That's fantastic. Tony Gwynn Jr. Of course, of the Padres Radio Network and San Diego State alum. I had seen that they had uh, put the last few minutes of the game up on the big board. I'm just curious, Tony, what your father's basketball career at San Diego State meant to him uh, when he looked back and thought about all of his achievements? Because, I mean, we all know this is, the, if not the greatest, one of the greatest hitters of all time. Just what this other sport meant to him in his development and in his life. I mean, it it meant meant a ton. I mean, my dad, even... As in the midst of his career, ten years in, he would come back in the off season and do the do the color for the basketball team. Like that's how much he loved San Diego State. He loved that basketball program. Um, he, he kept all his film from from the time where he was hooping from his freshman year through his senior year. And uh, you know, that's the one thing that you know I wish he was around to see is is this team getting to this point. I think he would have a a, a smile from ear to ear and I have no doubt no matter what he was doing right now he'd probably be in Houston (laughs) watching this game my dad he wasn't the type that really liked to get out that much but he wouldn't have missed this for the world would he still have been doing color commentary at this point (laughs) he probably would have had enough clout to to get the day off and 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 skip that day at this point so (laughs) I think I think he would have found a way to go to that game one way or another Love it. Absolutely love it. Hey, as far, while we've got you, one quick thought on your Padres, man. Some people kind of 
saying, hey, watch out for these boys in the National League. What have you seen so far? I know it's early, but you've been around them a lot through spring training as well. What do you think of the pods? Uh, it's it's a really, really good team. They they got off to a slow start uh, in the first two games of the Rockies series, but they bounced back in a major way. Xander Bogarts has, has got off to a hot start. You know, he's switching from the American League to the National League, and that's something we normally see slow starts of. But he's been hot. Um, this offense is potent. It, it, two or three guys cannot necessarily be swinging the bat well, and there's so much offense, uh, so much offensive explosiveness here. They're still going to they're going to win a lot of games when it's all said and done. It, it should be a fun year for a San Diego Padre fan. What do you think of that stupid shift finally being outlawed and just pace of play <laughs> as well? <laughs> you know what? It's funny. I was having a conversation with Harold Reynolds this morning about it. It's it's so nice to see the game being played um, in a way that is not robotic, right? You, you don't the, Because of the pitch clock, you don't have as much time to, to kind of go through percentages. It's just mono e mono. And now, you know, for, for hitters, the, the foundation is back, right? Hit the ball up the middle is what you've always been taught. Well, for the last six, seven years, that's been an out. And so to see a, a hard-hit ground ball go up the middle or on the flip side to see a defender have to work to get over there and make a nice play – I think it just makes it makes it all better for for the fans and the spectators, and just makes for a cleaner game. I think. Okay, so just if you can, is there a strategy tonight? You got a nine forty first pitch for you, uh, Padres at home, and then you got probably a, a nine twenty a nine forty Eastern time uh, against the Diamondbacks, and you got a nine twenty tip roughly for the game. Uh, will you try to do you get any innings off during the game? where maybe you can shift out, or are you there nine innings? I'm there nine innings, but oh, like, I, like I told my man Jesse Agler, um, I'm there, but I might not be there today. This, like, no, it's, this, just, it's okay. It's one of those days. And hey, Jesse, it's your night, bud. Go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The way our booth is set up, the TV is like back over my left shoulder, so I'll have to take my face off the field in order to see what's happening with the state game. So there's going to be many times he's going to lay out for me, and I I might not be there for him. Uh, Understandable, though. Tony, awesome stuff. We appreciate you popping on, and and hope you get a chance to enjoy uh, the game at some point tonight. I appreciate it, fellas. You guys have a good one. Tony Gwynn Jr., he, of course, of the Padres Radio Network in San Diego State alum, his father, the all-time leader in assists. How many times have you been in that spot where you want to watch your team, but you're working at the same time, you can't tape it because you're probably going to find out what happened beforehand. How do you handle that when you've been in that spot? Look, my brother, when he was coaching with the Arizona Cardinals, they're in a playoff game on a stinking Monday night. I'm working with Freddie Coleman here on air, and let me tell you, Uh. Freddie's back after that game. I mean, it, it was hurting. You need some heavy lifting, so it ain't easy, man. Especially when you got family involved or it's your alma mammy. I mean, that's not. That's going to be. Tony's going to be distracted tonight. Let's yeah. just put it that way, right? Yeah. I mean, he might need the, the iPad right next to him with the CBS app in order to watch it because he's going to be turned around for half the game. Have to be, have to be. And listen, uh, it, you know, when you're his partner that night, you understand. I'm carrying it tonight. Yeah, it's less just... of me was more of me that night. Put it that way. <laughs> Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Ian Fitzsimmons in for Canty today. Awesome stuff with Tony Gwynn Jr. We also are going to be hosting the draft here on ESPN Radio. Myself, Canty, Ian Fitzsimmons, Mike Tannenbaum coming up uh, on April 27th, 28th, and 29th. And every day 
during the week. We have been doing Dash to the Draft at this time and at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and we will do that in just moments. Can't wait to get Ian's thoughts on one top ten prospect who won't even acknowledge that he could possibly fall out of the top ten. And it could be a mistake on his part. We'll discuss next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Very interesting move by... Jalen Carter of Georgia opting not to see any team that is not in the top 10. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Chris Carlin, Ian Fitzsimmons in today for Canty, Series 6M Channel 80. And, of course, it is time for today's Dash to the Draft. Okay, football fan, let's get back to some football. This is the Dash for the Draft with Canty and Carlin. Now, Canty, Carlin, myself, uh, yeah, I'm Carlin. That's right. And uh, Ian <laughs> and Mike Tannenbaum will be hosting the draft April 27th. Canty and Carlin in for, uh, in for ourselves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you make we me have feel been so for, much better about me. <laughs> we had been in for Greeny so, so much that I thought, right. oh, oh, no, this is our show. We're in for us. Um <laughs> But it'll be myself, Canty, Ian, and Mike Tannenbaum hosting the draft April 27th to the 29th on ESPN Radio. And Jalen Carter, uh, it came out today, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, uh, said that Jalen will not be visiting any team that is outside the top 10 for this uh, month's NFL draft. Now, there's a few things at work here, Ian. Uh is Jalen Carter going to fall outside the top 10? Probably not. But considering everything around Jalen Carter, the issues with uh, what happened, uh, the deaths of those two people uh, in the uh, race, supposedly alleged race, uh, with other uh, members of the Alabama football department, the team, and uh, the recruiting department, uh, 
that was a terrible tragedy. He was charged with misdemeanors of that, and that has all gotten uh, satisfied legally. But there is still work to be done in terms of some of the character issues around Jalen Carter. And I'm curious as to what your take is on this decision when it would strike me at the very least that you want to put your best foot forward. This, to me, doesn't doesn't feel like a Jalen Carter decision. It feels like a, a Drew Rosenhaus decision, who represents Jalen Carter, a longtime NFL agent. And I think you can remove the word probably going in the top 10 to just he's going in the top 10. Mm-hmm. You know, just getting ready for the draft last year, every general manager I talked to, which was three of them, and all the scouts that I talked to, uh, coordinators in the league, whenever you asked about Jordan Davis or N'Kobe Dean, you know, or all, all those unbelievable Georgia defensive players that went in the first round, every single person I talked to said, yeah, having said that about Jordan Davis or Dean or whomever, they always came back to, but 88's better than all of them. Uh-huh. I mean, last year he was the best player on that defense. This year he was a little banged up at times, but still the best player on that defense, along with Nolan Smith, who tore his peck midway through, uh, you know, uh, through the season. But he's not going outside the top 10. He is that damn dominant and if, if a team like like Detroit sitting at six man and he falls to them with Hutchinson on the outside and you can move him to he can play wide the three or the one Carlin that's how that's how versatile Jalen Carter is he is not falling outside of the top 10 and I really don't have a problem with his agent Drew Rosenhaus making this decision well here's what I would say about it though uh First place I could see him going would be five, because Seattle's never been scared off by any sort of, uh, great point. You know, um, personal issues by any stretch. But if you're one of those teams outside the top ten who might want to trade up to get into the top ten, why, if you're Jalen Carter, would you eliminate visiting the Texans at twelve or the Patriots at fourteen, even even the Titans, because? Maybe one of those teams is thinking about trading up into the top 10. And that's where you, you call Drew Rosenowski and you tell him, look, man, we're considering possibly moving up. If the cards fall right, we want to talk to your guy. Uh-huh. Do you think Drew's going to say no? I think he just put the – I don't know why Rosenhaus made this decision. I can't speak for him uh, outside of it's, it's a massive story today. And I don't think it paints, to your point, Jalen Carter in a very good light. But, well, that's, that, but that's Rosen, Rosenhaus has to, he's got to have a reason for doing this. And I think if, if any team is considering moving up to get him, what, do you think he's going to not take the phone call? Yeah, of course he's going to take the phone call. Yeah. Well, but this is where I don't get it. If you're Jalen Carter and you're trying to prove who you are off the field is someone that is worth drafting, in addition to what you can do on the field – when you show up and it's nine pounds heavier at your pro day, make of that whatever you will a week after. That was a uh, head scratcher for me, by the way. That, yeah. That, he looked out of shape. He was, he was, you know, and he was. He, he couldn't, couldn't finish he the drills. couldn't finish the drills. So that one was one where I, I didn't get. I, I, was, I, was, I was beyond a bit surprised by that. But this move by Rosenhaus, and I, look, I'm not disagreeing with you at all, Carlin. I mean, everything you're saying yeah. makes complete sense. But if the Patriots wanted to move up, I mean, I have a feeling they could arrange a meeting, or, you know, or at least a little thing called Zoom, which we all get tired of. Uh, By the way, you look great. I appreciate that. And you? 
You were just having your hair makes me jealous. It really does. <laughs> it's I going, mean, buddy. It's going fast. And now stop. See, that's where you start to get insulting to guys like me because you don't have a two-car garage up top. I don't see any sort of a widow's peak forming. No. That well, there's is a thick. yarmulke back there that got burned in the Vegas sun. I forgot to put sunscreen on it. Oh. What was that? A little tiny spot in the back? Yeah, it's stop not it. tiny anymore. Well, point being, if you're looking at the talent, we know what he's capable of. Do, does anything else about what he has off the court, off the field. Um, granted, it was a misdemeanor that he was charged with, and that is all settled. But two people died. Uh, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, in who's been a decision maker, and says when we're talking about that, it changes the dynamic. It's not one of those things where there are certain crimes that really don't involve anybody else other than yourself. So how do you factor all of that in? How do you factor in uh, that there are other issues apparently character-related to all of this? And, oh, here's 10 pounds heavier a week later. I, I don't get it. So uh, does any of that scare you off of what he is? As not a right now. Not, not anybody that I've talked to. Uh, you know, uh-huh. With the draft being only three weeks away, not anybody I talked to last year. And Chandler Lacroix, you know, and Devin Willock. I mean, you just you hate the, the tragic loss of life. You know, especially uh-huh. that it came out that her blood alcohol she was driving was you know nearly point two. I think uh-huh. it was point one nine six. That's what two and a half times the legal limit in the state of Georgia. I mean, there were a lot of mistakes made here, but and and the tragic loss of life is it just makes you sick because like I was talking to uh, Dominic Rayola, whose son Dylan is being recruited heavily by Georgia. He's a number one quarterback prospect in all of high school football. They were very close with Chandler LaCroix. I mean, she, she was, was an amazing, amazing woman. Uh, but it tragically made an awful mistake to get behind the wheel of that car. And Jalen Carter was there, uh, left the scene, came back. Um, but having said all of that, I don't expect him to get past even the Lions at six, much mm-hmm. less fall out of the top ten. Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. A lot of our discussions with you today have been about Angel Reese and LSU and her actions after the game, pointing to her ring finger, getting up near the face of Caitlin Clark about the fact that they had just won that game. And if you have a problem with what her actions were. Want to hear from you? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Up next, what is going on in Dallas, and who is really to blame for the implosion of the Mavericks? It's on the way. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. A lot of people went in today on Angel Reese on LSU winning the championship yesterday and how it all went down after the game with her gesturing toward her ring finger toward Caitlin Clark of Iowa. It is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance, also on Series 6M Channel 80. Ian Fitzsimmons is in for Canty today. Follow him on Twitter at Ian Fitz ESPN. I'm at Chris Carlin. We've got the lines loaded. Let's do it. Rob in Florida up first on ESPN Radio. Rob, what's going on, dude? How are you? Good, man. How are you guys doing today? Doing We're well. outstanding. I was giving a, a call, so uh, I agree with like what, what Fitz is saying and what you guys are saying and, and being an athlete my whole life. You know, trash talking start to finish, you know, even kind of following her around, you know, the in- intimidation part. You know, that's what sports are about, whether you're on a, a field, a court, you know, a golf course. If you can intimidate or, you know, get your opponent off their game, you know, great. I think we should be talking about the girl who came off the bench for LSU and hit five or six threes. But I think the thing that's rubbing people the wrong way and that nobody's talked about on any of the, the stations today is kind of what she said after the game. Um, you know, referring to uh, kind of where she came from and and kind of her feelings. I think that's where race came in and nobody has referred kind of to those comments. And I think well, she said, I'm from Baltimore and where what we do in Baltimore is we talk. That's what we do. It's part of it. And it's part of who I am. And I think that's where people maybe, you know, because we all, no matter where we're from, we talk trash and we, we do things like that. But I think it was it was personal, and I think that's where maybe people crossed the line. And Keith Overton and the other guys are idiots. You know, I want to reiterate that. But I think that that's what maybe has gotten people a little riled up. Yeah, I, I would, for anybody that's upset about that and then takes race into it, if I had a nickel for every white basketball player who talked trash and was aggravating about it, uh, in at least in your estimation. You know, go back and watch tapes of Marshall Henderson at Ole Miss. Go back, oh. and, watch, go back and watch tapes <laughs> of Eric Devendorf at Syracuse. Eric Devendorf was signing his shoes in a blowout game and throwing them into the crowd before the game was over. You, you think that's appropriate? No, but what are you going to do? Larry Bird is arguably the greatest talker of all time. No one makes a big deal out of it. No, it's not. And I can't emphasize this enough. Being there for that game with my daughters 
and watching her chirp at the beginning of the game, in the middle of the game, at the end of the game. If you only talk noise at the end, ah, come on. But if you're talking the entire time and you back it up, I love it. I have yeah. I have zero problem with it. And and because she followed Caitlin Clark, I mean, does that matter? To me, it doesn't. I mean, yeah. now it's over at that point. And if Clark doesn't have a problem with it, remember, she was asked about it in her post-game presser. She goes, LSU beat us. You, you, win a, you win the national championship, you've got a right to talk. Like, people have forgotten the noise that Caitlin Clark was talking to South Carolina and after the game, you know, pointing to her jersey and everything else, and she did the you-can't-see-me-John-Cena move as well. I mean, Haley Van Lith against Texas. I mean, we go on down the list. No one's talking about that all of a sudden. It's just Angel Reese. Angel Reese earned that moment to talk as much as she wanted to. I'm curious what your daughters thought of it. <laughs> he kind of laughed, actually. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> hell yeah. And you know what? My oldest, Rowan, is the one that brought up Clark talking noise to South Carolina. Yeah, exactly. It, it, this is happening all over the place. How about Dennis in North Carolina? Dennis, what's going on? You've got about 30 seconds. Hey, guys, I'm doing great. Hey, my bigger question is, does women's college basketball have a sportsmanship issue when you look at that incident, you look at the incident with Michigan, I mean, excuse me, with Memphis and Bowling Green in the handshake line, you look at Texas and Louisville and that incident in the handshake line, there's a lot of incidents that seem to happen in postseason this year in women's college basketball. Well, but here's where here's where the differentiation is. Okay, this is talking trash. That is leading to a fight. That's different. Right, yeah. You know, that those are two... Very different things. You can talk about sportsmanship here if you want. This was not Angel Reese. Yes, she was pursuing Caitlin Clark, but she did not get into her face and start a fight because of it. More on Caitlin Clark plus Luca and the Mavericks next. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.